Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the grace to be alive. Thank you for giving us the gift of life. As we've come to hear your word this morning, let everything about us be transformed. Let your word give us fresh ideas for living. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. I want us to settle down very quickly as we delve into the word of God this morning. So as advertised, I will continue on the series, The Church of Christ. And this morning, I will be speaking on the purpose of the church. I do understand that some of you may have questions and comments. It's okay. So you can reach me directly on my mobile. If you don't have my mobile, you can ask any of the pastors or you can meet me directly after service. I'll give that to you. But if you want to send me an email as well, you can also reach me as well. But if you're watching online and you need to reach me, you can send an email to rikglobal at gmail.com. rikglobal at gmail.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can put your comment there and someone will pick it up will get across to you accordingly. Okay, so today we're talking about the purpose of the church. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, that's the headline scripture that we are going to be using this month as far as this serial is going to last. But a little bit of uh, summary, we learned last Sunday that the Church of Christ are a group of people which the Bible refers to as Ecclesia. And Ecclesia is the church that Jesus was referring to. And Ecclesia is a group of people that has legislative power to implement On earth, that which is already implemented in heaven. Like the Bible says, whatever you lose on earth has been loosed in heaven. Or whatever is, losing, whatever is bound in heaven is, you know, um, that's what is going to happen on earth as well. So it's, if it has happened in heaven, it's going to happen on earth, basically. And so the church has the power to connect heaven from the earth. Praise the Lord. And this is the mandate of the church. And the, the church is the only group of people that have this type of power. So you can also liken the church to have legislative power. And it's a government where the people like I said, have legislative power to decide on earth 
what has already been decided in heaven. So it's, it takes its roots from a spiritual connection and it's implemented in the physical realm. So when the disciples and all the Israelis and Israelites, as the case may be at that time, wanted Jesus Christ to take over a physical kingdom, yes, he did take over a physical kingdom, but he did that from a spiritual realm. So one of the things that we're going to be learning this morning is we'll be in Matthew chapter 28, but before we go, that, uh, go to Matthew chapter 28, let's read our key scripture, which is Matthew chapter 16. This time I want us to read verse 19. Let's read it together. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Give me good news. We're going to read it in three different translations, KJV, Good News, as well as the Passion Translation, TPT. So give me good news. Okay. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. And what you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Go to TPT now. The purpose of the church. And I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm. I will give you the keys of a heaven kingdom realm. So in this place, the kingdom of heaven is a realm. What is a realm? A realm is a place. It can also be attributed to an atmosphere, but it's a place, right? To forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. So the key word I want to first of all bring out is the keys of heaven. When you hear the word keys, it's referring to access. It's referring to access. So if, for example, uh, you have a key with you. For example, I have a key here. And this key is the key to the car that I drive. So for me to be able to enter the car and have access, I need this key. So is I press it, or I open it however I want to do it. I know some cars these days use sensors, so I mean, you don't need this type of, you know, this type of key, but whatever um, key that you have, it means access. Is that the chip is on you, or the chip is somewhere, you know, as long as it's something that gives you access. That is a key. So what Jesus was saying is that I'm going to give you access. Simple. He said, I'm going to give you access to heaven's kingdom realm. So I am, I am the one giving you the access. For example, the church of Christ was founded by Christ and it is hinged on the revelational truth that Jesus mentioned to Peter. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this truth to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So on this rock, which is the revelational truth that, you have just re that, that has just been revealed to you, 
I will build my church. Very key things that we must first of all understand. Number one, Jesus is the owner of the church. I did mention that last week. And the church of Christ is built on revelational truth. And so Jesus is the one giving keys or access to this church. Okay? Is the one giving keys and access or access to this church. So when Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, he says, I will give you access. So what are you going to do with that access? That access is what is called authority. Authority. In other words, Jesus is saying, I am going to give you access. I am going to give you keys. I am going to give you authority. It is the authority that I'm going to give you that you are going to use to unlock whatever has been unlocked in heaven and to lock whatever has been locked in heaven. Basically, that's what Jesus was saying. Why do we have such power and privilege? It's because Jesus gave it to us. So when we talk about the church we are not referring to a place. We are referring to a particular set of people who are anointed, who are appointed, and they have been given keys, access, what you also call legislative power to lose what has been lost, to lose on earth what has been lost in heaven, and to bind on earth what has been bound in heaven. So you see that the church is actually a very robust set of people that have power to do and undo as long as they have the backing of heaven. So what I want to share with you this morning is to tell you that as a member of this unique group of people called church, that you have the power, the authority, the access to unlock as long as it's unlocked in heaven. So you are not an ordinary person. So when we talk in terms of church, don't talk in terms of a place or a building. Talk in terms of a group of people having similar belief, ideology, philosophy, and mindset. And that is hinged on Christ, who is our king and at the same time our Lord. Praise the Lord. For example, we are having church today because you and I are here. We are not having church because we are under the real place. No. That is why I say the church is not a place that you go to, a building or a mountain it is actually a conglomeration, a synergy of people who have power to unlock and to lock. So the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. That is church. For example, in 2020, there was a certain thing that happened on the earth. The whole world observed what we call lockdown. And so a lot of countries put restriction in movement, including Nigeria, where we are today. 
And so a lot of you could not move or leave your house. I, for example, didn't leave my house only when I'm going to work. Because of the type of work I do, I was giving essential or what we call exceptional approval to be able to move. And my company gave me, you know, that authority from the government. So when I was going to work and they say, where are you going to? I say, I'm going to work. Where do you work? I tell them. Say, do you have permits to move? I show them. I say, you are good to go. So only people who had exceptional approval to move could move at that time. People, for example, working in the head sector, food sector, maybe banking and the rest of, of that. So the system did not need to shut down. But we all know that we couldn't do church in terms of going to a physical place to worship. Does that mean that church was not happening? No. Church was ha actually happening because some of you, you are still gathering in your homes to have fellowship. You are still gathering in your homes to reason together and to pray together. That is church. Church is not where you run to and say, yes, I have arrived. No. God has left, has left that dispensation. He left that dispensation when Jesus Christ died on the cross. One of the things that happened was that the veil was torn into two and the temple, everyone had access to it. So what am I saying this morning? Church is not where you go to. It is where believers gather. Hallelujah. Somebody understanding my point this morning. It is where believers gather. So what is the purpose of this church? Very simple. The purpose of the church is to exert authority. Somebody say authority. On the earth because of the mandate that has been given to them by our Lord Jesus Christ or by the Lord Jesus Christ. The keys of the kingdom, like I mentioned, signifies access to authority. So, access to authority is what follows you immediately you become born again. So, how do you become a member of the church? You become a member of the church when you believe in Christ. The Bible says, with the heart, man believes to righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So what gives you salvation, and the word salvation is from the Greek word soteria. And it means to be saved, to be delivered, right? Delivered from sin and delivered from all the clutches of the enemy. So soteria gives you freedom. And the Bible says that whosoever the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. So when you are free... You are now a member of the church. And as a member of the church, what follows you immediately is for you to have access to kingdom. Access to kingdom. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave power. He's talking about access, talking about rights, talking about privilege for them to become the children of God. And as children of God, what you directly inherit is power. It's power. Praise the Lord. So what is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is to exert authority on the earth. 
So Jesus Christ said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. First of all, he said, on this rock, on this revelational truth, I will build my church. He's not talking about a big cathedral or a big temple or a big, you know, auditorium. That is the gathering. That is a place where the church gathers. It's a place where the church gathers. But that building is not the church. So let's not try to make sacred a place where we go to gather. Instead, the people that are sacred are the ecclesia with the church. For example, this place is holy because you are here and I am here. So when you enter your house, the house becomes holy because you have entered. When you enter your car, the car becomes holy or sacred because you are in. For example, as I'm preaching here, this stage is holy now because I am here. So you are the carrier of the sacredness. Somebody with me this morning. Say, I am the carrier of the sacredness of God. Say, I am the carrier of the sacredness of God. You get the point? So it is not that, oh, let me quickly rush into this building so that I will be sacred. No, it, it doesn't work that way. You are the carrier of the sacredness of God. So when you enter a place, automatically the place becomes sacred. You see, you need to understand this and have this type of mindset. Because you see, one of the things that has really messed up the church, which I'm going to be dealing on in the, in the next week, which is the enemies of the church, is the fact that we believe that we need to go somewhere to be sacred. Until we get there, we behave the way we like. Until we get there, we do what we like. People who say, I am going to a church, and they refer to a building, immediately they are entering the church, for example, the women quickly take a veil and they cover their hair. If you are a man and you are dressing, maybe you remove your shirt, you are not, you know, where, ah, you quickly, you know, button it. If you are wearing a cap on your head, you quickly remove the cap. Because the ideology is that as I'm entering into this place, this place is what? is sacred. So before you left your house, you didn't realize that, me, I'm the sacred person, so I need to be decent in my presentation. So what that has done, it has left a very big gap, and it has made a lot of believers to be hypocrites. A lot of believers to be hypocrites. So from Sunday by 11 a.m. when church closed till um, Saturday at 12, 12, no, Saturday at 11.59 p.m., there is there are a different type of people or different type of species. Immediately Sunday land like this. Ah, this Sunday is a sacred deal. In short, I remember... A friend of mine in university was telling me that in their house, it's only Sunday that they play Christian music. If you are playing, uh, there was that period, they used to rub a door. It was called this type of reggae music. You know, if you are playing it in their house, and that's why they remove it. Today is Sunday. Today is a holy day. So they play gospel music that day. They put down more. God will make a way. That's what they play on Sunday. 
Then um, after the next day, they are back to normal. That is hypocrisy. And that is what that type of message has done to us. The truth is that you are church and you carry the sacredness of God. So every day of the week, 247, you are in God's presence. Let me try and erode, erode a very bad message. There is no place of saying, let us go to the presence of God. Or let us enter the presence of God. There's nothing like that. It is very wrong. In short, what you have is that I am already in the presence of God. You are a carrier of God's presence. You are holy 247. When you are eating, you are holy. When you are bathing, you are holy. When you are pooping, you are holy. If you are married and you are having an affair with your wife, you are still holy. It doesn't make you less of a holy person. Listen, you are holiness personified. You are sacredness personified. That is the concept of church. So when Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. The word gates of hell means death shall not prevail against it. He said, I will now give you the keys of heaven kingdom realm. And whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Or whatever has been bound in heaven is the same thing that will be done on earth. Therefore, you have been given the authority. Somebody say authority again. Yes, you have, given me the, you have been given the authority to exert on this earth as it came from heaven. For example, when Jesus Christ came, he wasn't born by the spermatozoa of a man. He was born by the spermatozoa that came from God. The Gabriel angel told Mary said, the thing that you are going to carry is a holy thing. That which will be born of you shall be the savior of the world. So in the same way, when you are born again, what happens to you is that there is a spiritual fertilization that has taken place. Therefore, you are no longer a human being. You are a spiritual person. You connect to God. When you connect to God, you get instruction and you get authority which you exert on this earth. It was that at that level that Adam was operating ab initio. That's why when God told Adam, he said, give names to all the animals. Adam did not question God or began to say, ah, am I going to all these things that you have created, only me? How can I give all of them names? The Bible says it was the name that Adam gave to each of them. That was the name thereof. What does that tell you? That is power. God gave man so much leeway and liberty so that he can run the show on this earth. Listen to me. Let me shock you. God has given the power to man to run on this earth. God is not going to run this earth for us. But the Bible says that will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. God reflects his will on the earth through the church, ecclesia. 
So if there is anything that must be done on the earth, you are the one to do it, not even angels. Angels only come to visit and they relay the message and they go. They don't have the local standee to live on this earth because they don't have the earth suit. Even God, if he wants to live on this earth, he will need you to be able to live here. That is the way God's principle works. But if you want to live in heaven, where he is, where his throne is domiciled, you will need him. That is why you need to be spiritual. And you are already spiritual because he has breathed into you the bread of life. Say with me, say, I'm spiritual. I am not ordinary. I carry the nature of Christ. Therefore, I rule my world. Powerful statement. Give me Matthew chapter 28 as we go deeper this morning. Give me Matthew chapter 28. I want to read from verse 18 to 20. The purpose of the earth, of the church, is to exert authority. Somebody say authority. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. The church is ecclesia. Okay, let's go. Then Jesus came close. First of all, let's read it in KJV. Then we do, you know, I like to read TPT last. Then we do good news. You know, we just progress like that. Give me KJV, King James Version. Thank you. Great. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Now, let's do a little breakdown. The word all means pastor. Write down. If you're writing down, you know, you've got to follow me carefully now because I'm really going deeper. The word all means pastor in the Greek or certain translation will use the word P-A-S, pass. But it actually means pastor, P-A-S-A. And what does pastor mean? Pastor in the Greek means all kinds of. So when Jesus said, said all, he was saying every or all kinds of power has been given to me. So when the Bible says that Jesus is the head of principalities and powers, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a joke or it's not something that is, um, you know, superstitious or fictitious. It's actually true. So Jesus Christ said, all power has been given to me. All means everything that has to do with power on the earth. Right. That's what it, that's what it means. He said, all power has been given to me. All means every kind of, all kinds of have been given to me. So he said, power, the word power there is translated exousia. E-X-O-U-X-I-A, exousia, what you call exousia. And exousia is very strategic here. So what Jesus was saying, exousia means delegated power or delegated influence. So Jesus was saying, every kind of power that you can think about has been bequeathed to me. I have it now. He now said, that power is called Azusha. I have the delegated power. Praise the Lord. Go down. Go to 19. 
Let's continue breakdown. The breakdown. Go to verse 19. So he said in that 18, he said, All powers be given to me, both in heaven and on earth. Both in heaven and on earth. In other words, heaven and on earth means these are the two places, as far as I've read the scripture. Listen, oh, these are the two places that things, that beings exist. Heaven, spiritual beings exist, and on earth, physical beings exist. So, wherever beings exist, I have power there. Under the earth, we are told that things exist under the earth. Obviously, Hades. That is still within the ambit of the earth. But however, anywhere that you have authority, I am the leader of that authority. That's what Jesus is trying to say. And that type of authority is called exousia, delegated influence. He now said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Listen, give me, now give me good news. Give me good news in verse 19. I want to break it down for you. Follow me carefully. Give me good news in 19. Then we'll read TPT in 19. Okay. Go ye, go then to all peoples everywhere and make them my disciples. All powers have been given to me. Delegated authority and influence has been given to me. Go and make disciples of them. Good. Give me now TPT in verse 19. Thank you. Give me TPT in verse 19. Because Jesus Christ was actually addressing his disciples. Now, the disciples of Christ, they were the first guys to be part of the church. They were the first church. Let me put it that way. They were the first church. Now, go into, so go in my authority. Did you see that? He said, all power, all authority has been given to me. Delegated influence is what I have now. And I said, in this authority, go and make disciples of all nations. The word disciples is from the Greek word matatis. M-A-T-H-E-T-E-S. Matitis. It actually means people who are learning under a master. Someone who is receiving instruction under another person so that the person can, so that that, that uh, disciple now can be like whatever instruction or message that person is giving. So when Jesus Christ said, go and make disciples for me, he is saying that I have given you the power, the delegated influence for you to go and make disciples for me. Go and teach people what I have taught you. But don't go too far now. Let's know what how it should be done. He now said, baptizing them in the name of the Father. The word baptize is from the Greek word baptizo. It means for you to subsume, for you to immerse, right? For you to baptize, to put the, the person into something. 
That is why the real baptism actually is that you take the person and you put the person inside the water. So when you put the person inside the water, the person goes down like this. So the Bible says we are buried with him in baptism. So you, you put, you see, baptism is not done like this. It is done like that. So, you, you know, when somebody is, if you are laying somebody, you know, in state right now, you don't cover the person's face on the ground. No, the person's face and everything, the body is there. You know, the person is motionless. The person is not alive. So in baptism, when we do baptism, you put the person's face up inside the water, meaning buried and you come out alive. You are buried and you come out alive in righteousness. Alright, so one Jesus, listen to this. So the word baptism here means that I have sent you with delegated influence. Go and make disciples for me. You need to baptize them. So he was saying that, yes, physical baptism is one of them because one of the ways you show that you are now a believer is through physical baptism. Physical baptism is likened to what we call initiation in, in the church. So, but beyond that, he's saying, go and baptize them. Go and indoctrinate them. That's what Jesus meant. He said, go and baptize them in my name. So, whatever teaching I have given to you, go and make disciples for me. You need to baptize them. You need to indoctrinate them. Let them be so, what's the word, so conscious of my teaching and of me. So you can see that the church is the custodian of knowledge. So when we talk about knowledge, we are not talking about building. We are talking about you and I ensuring that our disciples, they are well indoctrinated in the revelation of Christ. So when we talk about knowledge gap, knowledge gap exists because the church has not done their job effectively. This week God spoke to my heart. He said, anytime I show you a flaw, either in somebody's life or somewhere, it's not for you to complain. It's for you to fix it. I have given you the solution and I'm saying it to you as a church or as a church of Jesus Christ. If you see a problem, it's not for you to complain. It's for you to fix it. So when the Bible says, Matitis, disciples, go and make disciples for me. So what Jesus was saying is, go and make disciples of me. Now, let's go closer, or let's continue. So, TPC says, and teach them to be faithful, to follow all... No, go to 19 in TPT. I'm still not done with 19. Go to 19. Now, go in my authority and make disciples of all nations. Now, let's break down the word nations. The word nations is from the Greek word ethnos. It's from the Greek word ethnos. Ethnos actually means, listen, let me give you the meaning of ethnos. It means a people, a tribe, ethnic group, race, nationality, and culture. 
Ethnos therefore mean a group of people with a common culture, language, and behavior. This could be a tribe, a nation, a race, or a profession or occupation. So what Jesus was saying, Jesus didn't tell them, go and begin to open churches everywhere in terms of a building and call it church and begin to clap your hands. No, that's not what Jesus was telling them. Jesus was telling them, go and make disciples for me. Now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations. So ethnos means a group of people that have similar ideology, that do similar trade, and they have similar language and culture. So what Jesus was saying is that if you are a doctor, go in that your profession, go and make disciples of me. If you are an engineer, in that your profession, go and make disciples for me. If you are a lawyer, in that your profession, go and make disciples for me. If you are a politician, in that your trade or profession or career as the case may be, go and make disciples for me. If you work in the bank, you are a banker. In that your profession, go and make disciples for me. So you are supposed to baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? You need to indoctrinate them with my teaching. Now let me deal with this stuff. It is an aberration and it is wrong for you to raise disciples for yourself. You are raising disciples for Christ. You are not raising disciples for yourself. It's not, listen, there are a lot of things God, Jesus will judge. When people say, hey, I did well, you say, but you took all the people. You took all of them. When people are no longer loyal to Christ, they are now loyal to a man. It's an error. He said, go and make disciples for me. So he's not saying you should carry bell and be ringing the whole of uh, Lagos. No. He's not saying you should go and open a church and call it one beautiful name and you say, everybody call me. No, that's not what he's saying. You are already a church. Do you understand that now? You are already a church. You are an institution yourself. Listen, the emphasis should be on you, not on physical things. When I'm beginning to talk about the enemies of the church, I'm going to kneel that nearly badly or goodly. I think that's better. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to nail it. Let's remove emphasis on the physicalities. And let's put emphasis on ourselves. It's because people put emphasis on the building. That is why they look so nice and so beautiful when they come to church. After church, you see them fighting. Uh -huh. Wait till you tell that brother that day. You hold the person's trouser like this. Wait till you tell, you. Wait till you tell that brother that day. Yeah, another pa, fight don't start. But it's not people who just come out from church. When they're in church, oh, it's time for receive Holy Communion. Walking holy. You better leave church. Hey, hey, talk calm. Hey, that sister don't like you at all. Mm -hmm. Tell me, hey, what did he talk? What did he talk? You form a clique, a WhatsApp group of gossip. Because 
you feel that the sacredness is inside the building. But the sacredness is you. You are the carrier of God. Look at it. When Jesus said, you shall receive power when you Acts chapter 1 verse 3. He said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That power is dynamis, dynamic ability to cause changes. He says when the Holy Ghost comes, you shall have the ability to change your world. Now check this out. Immediately they receive the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Peter, who was the most you know, timid person you can ever find. Even a small girl accused him. He said, I don't know Jesus. How could Peter have spoken that day? And 3,000 were added to the church. Don't tell me you are, you are timid. No. Don't tell me you cannot do it. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is church. That's, that's what it is. Don't tell me you cannot change your world. You can change your world because you have dynamic ability to cause changes. So it wasn't about the temple that they entered. It was about their lifestyle. The Bible says that God so did great things in the life of Peter that they brought all that were sick and all the things of people who couldn't do stuff, sickness here and there, that because he couldn't touch all everybody, that at a point his shadow that's glory. His shadow was the one doing the job. He didn't tell them, see me in so and so, so, so location and I will get the job done. No, it was his shadow that was doing the job. How many of you, how many of your shadow have healed the sick and raised dead? That's the level you should get to. Not the level of saying somebody did this, somebody did that. Let's go and do spiritual things, not all these canal things here and there. Because of the wrong doctrine that has infiltrated everywhere. We are so carried away by our flesh. Our flesh. Fleshy things all these places. Doesn't make sense. Somebody needed God. And immediately God took Philip. And took him there. He shot Philip entered Samaria. The city that was under a siege by a witch. It was a witch that was ruling the whole of Samaria. First prophet, a witch. Immediately Philip entered. Things changed. Dynamic ability to cause changes. That is church. Don't tell me things are bad. Fix it. Enough of all these excuses. I am not well. This one is affecting me. This man is a strong man. That is why you are here. You have legislative power to fix anything on this earth. God is not going to fix it for you. I tell you the truth. Pray and do all the all nights. God will not come. Things will not change. You are the one that has the local standee to fix this here on this earth. Because you are church. Jesus has given you the power already. Now let me challenge you. How many disciples have you raised within your sphere of influence? How many people can say in your workplace, ah, since you came to this company, oh, my life has changed. But you know what? You have been taught. Only on Sunday you should represent Jesus. When you come to church on Sunday, oh, brother, how you? I'm doing great. Pastor, you're looking good. Everything is, you're speaking Christianese. 
But when you go to work on Monday, you decrease. Now, me, they talk to you like that, you remove suits. Because you believe that this place is holier than your workplace. And I'll just tell you the truth. I don't be Christian here. I don't know God for here. How dare you alter such things from your mouth? A brother came to me one day. He said, I'm always sick. I want to go to the hospital. I said, really, sit down, let's talk. And he came to take permission from me. I was relieving my supervisor, so he came to take permission from me. And I said, what's the issue? And he told me everything. I said, you know what? I am a believer. And the Jesus that I have heals. That's what I told him. I said, if you permit me, I can pray with you now, and you will receive healing. He said, ah, I'm, I'm ready. Pray. And I prayed for him. I prayed for him in the office. In the office. Let me tell you the truth, and this is a nugget. What Jesus is going to ask you are the disciples you converted in his name. Not the amount you made. In short, as you they die, the people you leave behind, they are asking, how much is in his account? After they don't cry, finish. So we told you respect. People will cry and do one minute silent for you. People will say, oh, I love him. He's the best man I've ever known. This one, that one. They will say all kinds of things. Maybe they mourn for you for one week, for two weeks, as the case may be. Some one month, depending if they like you well, well. They will mourn for you. But the next thing they're going to go, they're going to ask your banker, please, how much is in his account? Because they will move on. All this money you are pursuing, as, like say tomorrow, not day. Now here you go, end. They will move on. I lost my mom two years ago. My sister is here. He paid me. But I go die. I have to move on. All of us, we have moved on. We miss her. She was a fantastic woman. She all connected with all of us. Especially me. I had a wonderful relationship with her. She was my friend. Apart from the fact that she was my mother, she died. So the day I went to see her, on the, um, I was the one that went to recognize her body so that they can put it in the, in the box, in the uh, coffin. Is she the one? I said, yes, she's the one. I saw her for the last time. As a strong man, tears not flow. I have to be strong. I don't cry before. They put her in the box, dress her up and put it in. And Immediately, they were bringing her out of the mortuary, the undertakers. My siblings who saw her, everybody burst tears. But two years going, I might not hear preaching the word of God. I go kill myself. <laughs> it is normal. It's the same thing. Let me be frank with you. It's the same thing that will happen. The day you not live again. We will miss you. It's normal. We will miss you, but we will continue our life. <laughs> Since then, I've been eating rice, eating a bar, sleeping, and moving on with my life. I they pay my children school fees. There are some problems that will still be waiting for you. Uh, Pastor Richard, cry finish. So remember, house rent deal. <laughs> cry finish. So school fees deal. 
cry finish so for a day to buy for generator of God. When you reason all those things, you say, Mommy, I love you, but life must go on. You move on. It's the truth. I'm telling telling you reality. All the money, they will go. You won't be fighting for all of those things. But here's what Jesus said. This was the last instruction that he gave to them. He said, go and raise disciples for me. Now, here's the deal. The purpose of the church is to exact authority on this earth, which is called legislative power. And that legislative power is to be exalted on this earth and you use it to raise disciples for Christ within your sphere of influence. That's it. Within your sphere of influence. It's not here. The work is not here. The work is in the field. Jesus Christ looked up and said, wow, the harvest is indeed ripe, plenteous. There is a lot for us to harvest. But he said, wow, but the laborers are few. How can Jesus, the Lord of the harvest, say that? He said, pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest. Listen to me. I have never seen Jesus say, call all night and continue to pray for your bills to be paid. Call all night and continue to pray for you to buy a car. Call all night and continue to pray for you to do this, for you to do that. But he said, pray. For the Lord of the harvest to bring in the laborers. He's not talking about workers in church. Some of you say, hey, I don't want to work in church. I have heard that talk many times. No problem. You, where you, the, your office, are you working? How many disciples do you have in your office? You don't want to be a worker in church. That's not an issue. But Jesus Christ said, go and raise disciples for me. If you play the flute, how many people have you mentored? For Christ, as a result of what you do. That's exactly what Jesus Christ is saying. He said, baptizing them. In other words, indoctrinate them with my teaching. Go to 20 now. I'm done with 19. And teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you even to the completion of the age. So what are you supposed to teach? Listen to me. One thing I will never do, I will never teach you how I feel as your pastor. I will never teach you what I think is right. No. I will teach you the gospel of the kingdom. Go and teach them about me. That's the gospel. Let's stop preaching and teaching our emotions. They don't last. Emotions don't last. Today you say, ah, I don't like you. Tomorrow you say, oh, you are the best thing that has ever happened to me after sliced bread. You are the only sugar in my tea, the only cockroach in my cupboard. If I thought those lines, see, they exist. Tomorrow you say, I will kill you. You said, I'll see the couple eh, with all due respect. Or will not be small fight, too. I will kill you. I will destroy you. This one, no, 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 no. A few years later, they come bomb picking. <laughs> you see, when husband and wife, they fight, leave them. They will settle themselves. <laughs> Just leave them. They will settle themselves. Because sometimes when you go end time between them, now you, now your head, they go to settle. 
They'll say, hey, now wait till When they don't settle, they don't they bed, they talk. They say, ah, no, no, he talk that thing. You say, really? He said that to you? You know, say, men, they quit the verse when we Men, they are born in the heart. <laughs> the woman, yeah, he said that. That time we were calling, he came and he said that. Really? Don't worry, I'll fix him up tomorrow. I'll fix him up tomorrow. <laughs> Husband and wife matter. We told you respect. You know, we, you know, we are still together. You dread softly with wisdom. That's why I mean, if I want to cancel, I like maybe two day there. You talk, okay, this one, okay, that's fine. Resolve by the Spirit of God, you resolve matter. What am I saying? Emotions are not stable. They are not. If you take a decision based on your emotions, it is not going to last most times. That's why I tell you, as spiritual people, take decisions based on your spirit. Based on your spirit. God said this to me. God told me. If I want to take a decision, how I feel, as pastor of his church, my brother, you will not like it. You will not like it. But I don't allow my feelings to control me. That's the truth. Whether you spit on my face, whether you don't pick my cough, whether you like me or you don't like me, it has nothing to do with me serving in this church. It has nothing to do with that. It has a lot to do with what the Holy Spirit tells me. Once I go to prayer and he say, do it like this. Say it like this. Okay. Here you didn't do well. Don't say what you said the other day. Okay. I receive instructions and I'm ready to move on. Not by my emotions. I don't come here and take decisions based on my emotions. What am I saying this morning? Very simple. The purpose of the church is to exert authority on the earth by raising disciples for Christ. Teaching those disciples to be followers of Christ. So if you're going to have a mentorship program by the grace of God, everybody deserves to be a mentor. Right. If you're going to have a structured mentorship program, don't Take the people to yourself. What you should do is for them to reflect on Jesus as the author and finisher. Because when people are focused on Christ, whether you are there or not, they remain strong and stable. So I want you to go and begin to raise disciples. Let me be honest with you. The church is a government. It is not a building. It's a government you are running and running the show around your world. So if you find yourself in politics, know that you are an institution. You shouldn't do what they do. What you should do is to raise disciples that will be loyal to Christ. Do you get it now? If you find yourself within the um, engineering world or within the vendor, vendor world as a contractor, right? do it right and raise credible people who will also get it right. That's what Paul was saying. All these things that we have done or we have heard, we are handed, handing them over to faithful men. It is not nice for you to leave the world as a champion. You are the champion. And once you leave, everything crumbles. is a problem. When Jesus left, 12 people continued the work. Those were the disciples of Jesus. And when those 12 guys left, more numbers were added to the church. That is how we should grow. 
Because you see, if you do your work and me, I do my work, eh? The world will be a better place. This earth will be. You are complaining that Nigeria is bad. It is because you are not working. You are not working. That's why. If you were working, and other of my brothers and sisters in other denominations, if they are working and not pursuing miracles, you see, what we have been taught is to pursue miracle. You know, once you begin to pursue miracle, miracle is so selfish. It's only about what you want. It's not about what other people care for or what they want. My own is, let me get the job. Let me marry. Let me buy a car. Let me get this. Let me get this. Let me jackpot. All those things. It's only about yourself. Jesus never came to tell us to concentrate on ourselves. He told them, he said, go and raise disciples of all nations. Ethnos, where do you belong today? Rise up on your feet. Where do you belong today? Where are you influencing? Go and make more people there. That's exactly what Jesus Christ is saying, and that's the purpose of the church. Somebody with me this morning. Where are you working? Where are you earning your living? That's the purpose of the church. Where do you go to and you meet people every day? That's the purpose of the church. The Bible says... Evil communication corrupts good manners. It's the same thing. Good communication improves good manners. Let me give you an example. If you take um, a cup of black currant, you know, black currant is black in color, and it's black. You say, ah, oh, this thing is black. How can it be this black? I don't want it. It's too black. If you want to dilute that black currant, what you do is to take water. We are told that water, you know, can dilute anything. You take water. That's how you are. You begin to pour into the glass of the black currant, right? You pour. The more you pour, the more the black currant will be diluting. A time will come, you will see that the black is gone. I want to say this to you, church. Stop causing the darkness. Light a candle. Stop cursing the darkness. Light a candle. If you are in your house and the power I mean, um, suddenly goes up and you are complaining, useless country, this one, that one, ba ba ba. I hate this place. This is Which is better than you go to your wall where you are charging your rechargeable lamp and you just on a piam and the light comes. Let's stop complaining. Let's start changing our world. Say with me, I am the church of Christ. You are not convinced about that proclamation. Say, I am the church of Christ. I have legislative power to raise disciples for Christ. And I'm going to do just that. Hallelujah. So, within your sphere of influence, begin to raise people. Share the good news. Tell them about the love of Christ. That's where evangelism comes from in the first place. Evangelism is not, if you don't re repent, you will die. No, evangelism is sharing how God has been good to you. It is called, you shall be witnesses unto me. For example, 
There's somebody here who just got a job. You just got a job. You've been praying, God, give me a job, give me a job. God just gave you a job. Listen, you know what you do? Among the people who are looking for jobs, who have not gotten, you can form a WhatsApp group and say, God is good. If God did it for me, he can do it for you. God is good. For example, you've been looking for a child all these years and God, you know, bless you with a baby, a boy, a girl, or twins, as the case may be. You, you, you now form a WhatsApp group to encourage people who are waiting. That's how to go about it. Where has God been good to you? You were poor before. You couldn't even afford one, one square meal. Now you can afford three, four. You are living large. You get the point? So God has been good to you in the area of finance or provision. What you do is to reach out to those people who are still in that bracket. Hallelujah. So that's about raising this. You're just telling people God is good and you're raising them up. Listen, if God has raised you up, Jesus Christ said, everyone that you have given me, I have kept. As I will be lifted up, I will raise men unto me. So if God has raised you up, it's not for you to go there and be saying, yes, I have arrived. That's pride. It's for you to say, wow. Let me raise the other guys up. Come up. Let's come up. Let's, let's come up together. Let's come up together. Let's come up together. I think we should do that. I like that. Like this. And they behave like a person will not play when it's small, eh? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you because our purpose is to go and influence our world. Our purpose is to raise disciples, to raise disciples for your kingdom and teach them all the things that you have taught us. We will go and do just that within our sphere of influence. In the name of Jesus, thank you for giving us legislative power. Thank you for giving us dynamic ability to cause changes. Thank you for giving us exousia, delegated influence. We will go and we'll teach the world how to get it right. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise God. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.